Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. Welcome, everybody, to Perks and Recollection. Um, this is a famous episode. I'm pumped. These are these are classics, man. Ron and Tammy episodes. There's only so many of them. Let's treasure this moment. Yeah, this is a moment to savor. Pull up a chair and start the savory, because Ron and Tammy 2 is our title. We got some stories. Episode title, Ron and Tammy 2, written by Emily Kapnick, directed by Tucker Gates. Original air date, February 10th. 2011. This is episode four of season three. The blurb, after Ron breaks up with Tom's ex-wife, he decides to get back together with Tammy, much to everyone's horror. Ooh, there's so much good stuff in this there's episode. so much good stuff. We, we so gotta, much. We gotta get into it. These nopes notes. Let's start quickly. Yeah. This episode marks the first time, huge moment, First Huge. time Ben mentions calzones as his favorite food. We got some stories about that coming oh. up, but it's... it's <laughs> I mean, for, for, how did the calzone thing start? Uh, we we, we got to get it. Should we get it? Should we just get into it now? Yes! I mean, this, is, this is... Okay, so this episode was written by Emily Kapnick, who is a very talented writer. She created Suburgatory. She created Selfie. Um, and she was on the show. I don't think she had been on for that long. But she had a writing credit on this episode. She had written the script. And we, as you do with every script, you start going to the rewrite, right? You start punching jokes and, you know, we had a table, whatever. And it was a late night one night. We were just going through the script, trying to figure out what worked, what didn't work. And there was a lot of surgery being done in certain areas. It happens to everyone, right? It happens to everyone's script, whatever. It's not, you know, particularly unique to this episode. I think it was really, really late one night. Of course, this shouldn't surprise anyone. We had already had dinner. You know, we didn't stay for dinner that many times, but, you know, we were under the gun, and we, uh, for some reason, you know, first it started that, that Ben was nervous around cops. It was a very funny attitude, right? Um, and we just, it started with one joke about calzones. Like, it started with literally, like, in the beginning, like, he, you know, he's talking about uh, pizza, and he pitches a bad idea. But he's, he's part of his arc of learning about Pawnee. And so he pitches the calzone thing, Leslie shits on him. It's funny. Whatever. One joke. But you know what happens in the writer's room at 10, 11, 12, 1 a.m.? One joke that's weird and gets a laugh, it just snowballs. So every <laughs> so every subsequent Ben scene, we're like, and then he mentions Calzones, and it's just like, and no one's there saying no, because Mike is Mike is delirious as well. Mike is running the room. He's at the computer, just, and he's just gleefully, he'll get into these moods, and he'll just gleefully start typing in these Calzone jokes. So it's just spiraling. It's snowballing. And meanwhile, I look over at Emily Kaepernick, who's script with her name on it is just being loaded up with calzone jokes on literally every page <laughs> like it's every like what you see in the episode you would not it's like one eighth of what was in there so there there were calzone jokes like every line we just couldn't stop writing jokes about calzones because it is it is funny but you can't you can't do that obviously but emily was mortified captain was just like i don't 
she's like, why are you guys doing this? Like, like literally <laughs> fighting for the for the integrity of the script, which is like it makes a lot of like it, it, you know, I I I totally felt her pain, and so finally at like whatever time, I'm exaggerating, but it's probably one or two in the morning. We got, we reread it again, and Michael was like, "Okay, this is insane. There's too many Kelzone jokes." So then we went back through, and there's then never took, enough Kelzone took, jokes. We took out most of them, but you watch the episode. There's still a ton of them in there. Anyway, turned out to be very funny, and and uh, we used it again later in the show. Obviously, the low cal Kelzone zone, um, but but yeah, this is the the genesis of it, and it it's you know sometimes late nights where you're delirious. Um, it, it comes out with good stuff. So I remember that very fondly. Um, a couple more notes. Notes. The building used for the Pawnee Police Department is the former Highland Park Police Station in Los Angeles. Spent many a night there in the 80s. <laughs> you, you up so good in Highland Park? You were there oh, last yeah, week, right? Yeah. Judd Nelson and I, we'd, we'd be in the drunk tank, you know, oh, routinely. Oh, my God. Sure. <laughs> uh, after this episode, Nick Offerman, who plays Ron Swanson, had to wear a fake mustache for three more episodes. That's because... He shaved part of it off, right, due to friction. And so I think what happened is um, it was, it, you know, obviously didn't grow back as fast as it would have in, in, the, in the timeline of the show. So he had to wear a fake mustache. Um, Eric Pierpoint, who plays police chief Hugh Trumpel, has played several police officers throughout his career, including an alien officer in the sci-fi series Alien Nation and police chief in the superhero drama series The Cape. Um, so those are your nopes notes. For yeah, he this has, he has, there are certain actors that, that make a career, like they have police face. Hey, he, he has, he, he's got police face as much as Sam Elliott got cowboy face. That's right. They, they look, they just that's look right. like it. It's like, that's you're right. not a cowboy, but you look like one. Doctor um, face, yeah. Senator face, president face, judge Pre- face, president, Judd. Bill Pullman got president face. I mean, yeah, it's just like, that's right. That's a good gig. That's a good gig. Hey, yeah. There's there's certain faces that serve you better in the in the Hollywood world than others. That's right. That's Rob's right. face uh, served him pretty well. Anyway, <laughs> that's right. Uh, getting into the synopsis here, Ron's ex-wife Tammy is back to her old ways, trying to draw Ron back into their chaotic relationship with a fabricated, outstanding library fine. It appears Ron is able to resist her seduction due to the fact that he's in a solid relationship with Tom's ex-wife Wendy, but his steadfast resolve becomes compromised when Wendy tells Ron her plans to move back to Canada. And the two of them break up. And of course, Tammy is played by Megan Mullally. Megan Mullally, comedy great, making another appearance on the show, and Nick Offerman's real-life wife. Which explains why she was probably so committed to one of my favorite things where she's beating herself in the face with a long slice of jerky. No no reservations there. Just kind of just went for it. No, and just and and just it's so se- overtly sexual. That is exactly my thought watching this episode. I was actually kind of shocked. I mean, I was surprised. You know, Mike generally creates these universes that are so kind and gentle, and and generally not extremely overtly sexual. But very early on in the show, it, it's like it's very sexual. And then there's a Tom Haverford talking head. Where he's like, all I can think of is Captain Mustache plowing my wife. And it's like, it's surprising to hear the word plowing in a mic. Yes, it's like, how yes. did that get through? How did Mike allow that to happen? But it, I, I guess it, it was a different time. I mean, it I really know. is true because, like, we all Mike have our. wouldn't allow that. <laughs> we all have our gears, right? We all have yeah. a certain, like, I'm not a big scatological joke guy. And, but, like, other people love it, whatever. And, like, Mike doesn't do sex jokes traditionally. Yeah. And this one, he just, he just went for it. I think there's some there's some like Dan Gore in here or something sneaking through because yes. it's yes. like, uh, but yeah, it's 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 uh, I don't know that was surprising and there's going to be more moments throughout the show that that uh, are surprisingly sexual. Um, I also want to shout out the Chris and April dynamic in this episode. I really enjoyed it. Um, uh, it just you know knowing you and Aubrey personally, it also is doubly funny for me because it's like yeah, it's just like. Yeah, it's it's kind of like a happy dog and a and a and a, and a cat, you know. It's like it's yes. like the, you know they say that about they say that about Andy and April, but I think it's kind of true about Chris and April too. I think Chris is a different kind of dog. Uh, if 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 Andy's like a golden retriever, Chris is like a I don't know what what kind of dog do you think you'd be like a something sleek to me, you know, what something like a, a racing dog or something. Would I be, would I be a, a Jack Russell Terrier? Oh, I like that. I mean, yeah, I was gonna say like a greyhound or something, but something like uh, something fit and just and and just and just energetic uh, but it is a funny dynamic i i just like when you have a when you say when you have that 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 scene where you're like i have a post-it note for you and it just says great job on it i mean this is so cute that's one <laughs> of my favorite cute. i remember that's one of my and that's a uh i see that a lot as a as a meme now <laughs> yeah. where it's just me holding up a thing that says great job <laughs> yeah like i'll get that randomly sent to me 
from that's, people. One of my favorite things about the internet is just that there are a few Parks and Rec memes floating out there, which is that's kind of cute. It's like kids are still watching the show. You know, that's kind of cute. This is also an episode where there's um, we and, and we talk about it a lot. The Tom Cruise part of my character that we moved away from, but there's there's a real vintage. In fact, this is the iteration of the story I told in the original meeting with Mike, with you about how Tom would order water. And I order, Chris orders a beer. Absolutely. As Tom Cruise, I'd like a, what does he say? I, I'd like a, a local beer. I'd like it to be in a bottle and I'd like the, the bottle to be cold, like <laughs> super specific. And yeah. Intense. Yeah. And then there's that bit where Anne is kind of doing the same thing. I, I found that kind of funny knowing the genesis of the character and all that stuff. That was kind of, kind of great. I like when Anne tries to imitate Chris's cadence and enthusiasms that she's done that a couple of times. I mean, it never really, she never fully commits to it. So it never really works, but it's <laughs> no, really funny. She's doing the best I, she can. She's doing yeah, the yeah. best she can. This episode is also the last appearance of Wendy Haverford, um, played by Jamie Williamson. Uh, and she was kind of a friend of the show. I think uh, she had known Mike before, before the airing of, of this episode and certainly before casting. And, um, there's a question here in the in the notes. What came first, Ron and Tammy too, or breaking up Wendy and Ron? And I think, I honestly think they were kind of con, uh, concurrent because it was like, well, we want to do Ron and Tammy again. And we kind of had to solve for this puzzle piece kind of situation where he was already dating somebody. So, wow, it was kind of a good, uh, a good, uh, I don't know what, what do you want to call it, but a initiating action where, you know, she broke up with him and then, uh, it, he's susceptible, vulnerable to Tammy. So kind of a concurrent situation there. Um, shall we move on to the next part of the synopsis here? Yes. All right. So Leslie finds Ron drowning his sorrows at the bar, where she and the Parks Department are throwing a party for the Pawnee Police Department. Once the chief has had his fill of pizza and beer, Leslie hopes he'll donate the force's time for security at the upcoming Harvest Festival. But Ben awkwardly fails to win Chief Trumpel's favor. Tom, unaware of Ron and Wendy's breakup, arrives at the party with Tammy to get back at Ron for going out with Wendy. After bickering loudly, Ron and Tammy both decide to leave the party together and try and make amends. A night filled with drunken sex and mayhem ensues, ending with the two getting remarried and ending up in jail. Now, doesn't doesn't um, Ben mention Calzones to the chief? That's right. Yes, it comes up again. <laughs> like, it, it, again, this is a moment. This is the moment of insanity. I'm I'm telling you, <laughs> most of the Calzone jokes were cut. But if you watch this episode, he mentions Calzones. I would say conservatively nine times or something. And it's like, yeah, it, it and and that was kind of uh, again tied into Ben being awkward around the police and 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 that's that was such kind a of, funny. How did that come? That's such a funny idea. I'll tell you uh, what I remember of that, which is it was kind of based on Mike being awkward around cops. <laughs> like he says, like when they come around, even if he's done nothing wrong, he's just like very, you know, he's very nervous and he's just like uh, stammering and acting like speaking very sort of. Uh, stiltedly in, in weird, exactly stiltedly like he's being like it's like, like a high school bully or something and it's so funny so i mean that again that was part of it and then the calzone thing like oh this is and so i'm looking at the notes again this so you know talking about that night where we wrote all these calzone jokes i forgot the detail that mike actually left the room he went to editing to edit a different episode and when he came back we had added like 10 calzone jokes and so, again, I think we expected him to cut them, but he just kind of liked them, and then we just kept going on it. And so, but I, it, it just, yeah, again, it truly will live in infamy because, um, God, I just remember sitting in the, I remember which corner, like, me and Kapnick were sitting in. Like, we were at the opposite end. You know, it's a long conference table, and Mike's sitting at the head. I think I was sitting near the other end with Kapnick. You know, there's 10 people in there, and she's just turning red and, like, mortified because she's not the boss of that show, right? She had, she had been the boss of her own show, but, like, it was just a thing she had to swallow. The, um, all the stuff of them, you never see... Ron get the cornrows, do you? He just all nope. of a sudden has them. Off camera, which I thought was kind of fun, you know? Yeah, I for think, sure. I think we made a big list of things and like, you know, it's cornrows, it's the kimono, it's the mustache being rubbed off due to friction. You know, we probably talked about a bunch of things, like a samurai sword and like, you know, like just just, just so much stuff. I have a photo from this shoot. I, I definitely was on set for some of it because... I have a photo where Nick's in the kimono with the, with the cornrows. And I'm like, man, I remember seeing that photo like last year, which is like, make it like the 10 year anniversary or something. But, um, yeah, he was just, he just walking around set in cornrows. Um, very, very, very funny visual. 
It's it's classic. I mean, Nick Offerman, Ron Swanson, and Cornrows is just beyond. I remember again because we talked about sometimes you're as an actor on the show, you're your what you're playing, your part in the script for the episode is siloed off away from the other story. So I remember coming in and going and seeing Nick in the cornrows and going, what the fuck is what's happening? And like, oh yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right. I you know, because I'm not a you know I'm not a part of that story. It's yeah. so funny. Yeah. And and just like it's ships passing in the night and you just see yeah. him wearing that's kind of fun though. That's that's when a comedy's fun. You know, you do a drama and it's like it's so so serious. And then a comedy's like you'll see weird shit like that. And it's like, yeah, your day is a little bit brighter, right? Your day's a little for bit sure. brighter. I never felt it's funny, yeah. I, I, you know, I'm on 911 Lone Star right now, big action, drama, procedural. And, you know, when I come home from work, I am fucking tired. Yeah. And, I like, and I'm like, you know what? I really accomplished something today. I never felt that way at Parks and Recreation <laughs> once. I mean, not that I didn't feel like I accomplished something, but it was so fun and so light. Yeah. And so easy and fresh. And, we're, and you're with people you love. And you're just riffing and having fun that they be like, all right, that's it. That's a wrap. And you're like, but what? I didn't do anything today. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and in, in a good way, right? Like that yes, hadn't occurred to me until I did some more dramatic shows and movies and, and it, it's just totally different. I, you know, my, I was telling you, Rob, that my girlfriend is acting in Handmaid's Tale and it's like, it's those scenes are sad. <laughs> you watch yes. me and imagine them. They're shooting that in Toronto in the cold and like uh, day after day after day. And that's, you know, that's the opposite of a soundstage in Studio City where you go around and mess around and, and, and Nick's wearing a kimono with cornrows. You know, that's, it's just, they're just, you know, it's just like different jobs. And, and, you know, they're both, they're both very, you know, you, you want to work on good examples of both drama and comedy. Yeah. And you've been fortunate enough and I've been fortunate enough to work on some of them. And, you know, it, it's just different. And, and, and by the way, the variety is nice. It's, it's nice to bounce back and forth like, like we've gotten to do. It's know? super nice because I remember at the end of Parks, I was, I was ready for, for, a, for to like, just to yeah. like dig in. You yeah, know, let's get meat. Let's get like a meaty dramatic scene. And, and you were able to do that. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with factors. No prep. No mess meals. Now, Factors Fresh, never frozen meals are dietitian approved, which is awesome. And they're ready to eat in just two minutes. So, no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great tasting meals. So, so good. I love this stuff. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add ons to choose from every week, you will always have new flavors to explore to help you crush your wellness goals. And let me tell you what I crush they have a smoky bacon and cheddar egg bite that is. Mm, 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 good. Mm. I tried their shakes also, and they were so good. Oh, I'm a Factor fan. Head to factormeals.com slash parksandrex50 and use code parksandrex50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code parksandrex50 at factormeals.com slash parksandrex50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. After getting Ron released, the Parks Department holds a Tammy intervention, playing a previously recorded tape of Ron warning himself to stay away from her. But Ron ignores the warning and prepares to take Tammy to his cabin for a sex-filled honeymoon. Leslie blames Tom for the dilemma, and although he initially claims to be unfazed, Tom later arrives at Tammy's library bridal shower to stop Ron from going on the honeymoon. He reveals the whole marriage is a ploy by Tammy to once again make Ron miserable. Tammy attacks Tom, prompting Ron to remember what a monster she truly is and leave her. He carries Tom away, and the two later make amends. So in the intervention scene, which they keep... It's really funny the way it's shot, because they stay on the back of Nick's head. So all you see are the cornrows for a lot of it, and which is, is such a great visual. But Amy has... Amy, who we all know, is just such a comedy killer. She's so great. I mean, 
I mean, that obviously she's Leslie Nope. She's a genius, but she has a little throwaway thing in here that makes me laugh out loud where, um, I think it is, I'm trying to think of who it is, is, oh, it's Andy. Andy is, is trying to do his part in the intervention of being super honest and trying to get uh, Nick to come to it, to try to get Ron to come to his senses. And of course, as, as is Andy's want, he's very inarticulate and dumb and it cuts to, to Leslie. And she goes, very powerful stuff. It's <laughs> yeah, just, just under her breath. Just yeah. very, very powerful stuff. The very powerful <laughs> stuff line reading is comic gold. Just very thrown away and like yes. under her breath. Like, yeah. And this is like, even reading the synopsis, you realize like, at this point, we had kind of abandoned a super grounded tone. It's like, it, think about, look at the phrases in there. There's an intervention where we play a tape of himself. There's a, there's a bridal shower in a library. It's like, this, especially these episodes, we kind of take a little liberty with the reality of the show. I mean, which is already like, it has some broadness to it, but this is just, this is pretty crazy. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a little outside the bounds, but for the Ron and Tammy episodes, we kind of allowed that. Uh, now, Ron carries Tom. Yeah, Ron carrying Tom like a baby. That was something that we were kind of trying to write towards in some way. Like, I think that was an image that we just liked. Um, I also, to me, like, I was watching the episode. It's a little shocking to see Megan just beat up Aziz. Like, like, like we just filmed her beating him up. Like, it's very rare that this show filmed fight scenes. But when we did, it was always fun. Like, there's a couple with Amy, I think, in the Eagleton episodes. Um but but there's there's only a couple over the history of the show and and this is one of them. Doesn't um isn't this the episode where she says you're a little man and I could throw you around or something like this something Basically, like Basically, yeah. I mean there's a lot of the, the amount of Aziz being small jokes is really t- again as I watch the episodes I'm like damn they they really like didn't let him they really <laughs> let him have it. <laughs> they never they call him a baby, they call him a little girl, they call him it's like this is really relentless bull is like forget bullying Jerry like they're bullying Aziz a lot on the show. <laughs> it doesn't seem right but but you know he gets he gets his sweet moments too. I mean he yeah. ends up saving Ron in this one which is kind of nice but yeah, he takes his medicine, man. It's <laughs> pretty crazy. Uh, I also love the t- the intervention scene is gold. I mean, there's there's a lot of funny lines from different characters in this, but I, I like when Donna talks about her brother, where she says, you know, Ron, I love you like a brother, but today I hate you like my actual brother, Lavandrius, who I hate. <laughs> like, like it's just so <laughs> funny. Like, it's just, it's so insane. Like, we, we used to call some of these... These, these jokes like roller coasters where it would just keep going up and down and keep misdirecting you. I mean, like, ultimately, there's a cliche, like, comedy's about surprise or about some unexpected twist. But sometimes, and Rashida would complain about this all the time, she's like, you guys are writing four twists or five twists into a single line. It's, like, so difficult to deliver. But, like, that joke was one of them, which is, like, it's so confusing, but by the end, it's very rewarding. So uh, that that's really funny. Um there's also uh, there's also just at the end is informi- intervention just a little tidbit um, from the way it was filmed in the script it just said Tammy enters and kisses Ron but in the actual show Tammy enters and then Nick stands up and like starts kicking his feet back like he's a bull about oh. to charge so that was really funny I think he just did that on the day for no clear reason <laughs> that is. Nick kicking his feet like a bull is just the best. It's so funny. <laughs> and, and yeah, and so and, and also like there's two set pieces back to back. So you go from the intervention and then you cut to the, the bridal shower and there's like a small reveal that Jerry is at the shower already. Like he's just there unrelated. Like he's been, he's been invited by Tammy and he makes the decision to go and bring gifts. So uh, yeah, I always enjoyed that as well. Yes. Uh, continuing on the synopsis, despite the bad impression he made the day before, Ben asked the police chief for the Harvest Festival favor. The chief unconditionally agrees out of respect for Leslie, explaining that she always helps everyone. And because Leslie once dated his friend Dave, Ben seems relieved that Leslie and Dave are no longer together and later asks Leslie out to eat. Sweet. It's a sweet moment. And so it began. Yes. Uh, this question is in the notes. Was this always the episode where Ben asks Leslie out? Um, how does this differ from his, do you want to grab a beer request? I think it's just the, the nature of their relationship has changed, right? It's just you can see it in how Adam is playing it. Um, I really like the moment where he asks her out and then they go on a, she goes on like a 60 second long calzone run. <laughs> And oh. then she says yes. <laughs> but I, maybe I just like the performance. It's really good between the two of them. It's like, you know, 
it, it you know you get lucky with the chemistry sometimes but she's so cute in that scene they had they've always they had great chemistry from the drop and it doesn't always happen i mean it just doesn't always it, it you does just, not it, it, the number of times i mean you you must have seen this Ugh. a million times in your career and and do you have any takes on like is there any rhyme or reason or is it just to it, it's just human beings it's like we the, don't know they could be two beautiful human beings they could be two they could both be funny they could both be and or whatever it is it it just it it, it that's very difficult to me like, you don't I just, know i i I, yeah. I had um i recently had uh there was going to be a character you know um on my show it was going to be a love interest and at the first rehearsal of the first scene i i knew it wasn't going to happen <laughs> and and it didn't yeah, and we, we yeah. shifted the entire storyline yeah because and and then there's you know you do know in the first rehearsal by the way it's not something you go i wonder like when you see it and the actors are doing their thing it's either there or it's not there and there's nothing you can do about it one way or the other yeah it, it's almost like real life in that in, in some ways right it's like you just put two people in the room also sometimes it's like how they appear on camera together or like what it, I don't know. It's just, it just sometimes kind of ineffable and, and you, you can write, you can do all the gymnastics you want writing. You can write charm beats between the two of them. You can write, you know, bonding scenes. They're singing a song together, whatever it is. They're doing a dance sequence. It's like, damn, I just don't feel anything. That's, that's tricky, man. That's casting. That's the genius of casting. Uh, but fortunately, you know, I think in this case, Leslie and Ben, very cute love story. And, and um, you know, one of the things sort of in the design of that love story uh, to me was it was kind of dual duty in the sense that we were also showing Ben falling in love with Pawnee, the city. Right. And, and, and it was kind of a proxy thing where, because it, you know, Leslie, nope. What did she love more than anything? She loved the city. And so, uh, for in order for them to fall in love with each other, Ben had to come around and Ben, you know, initially came there to slash the budget. So, as 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 writers, I think our challenge was to show both of those things happening. And in this episode, I think we see, you know, the police chief talk about, you know, uh, Leslie in a glowing way. And then we'll see moments where, you know, Ben realizes things about the city itself that he loves. And 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 by it's almost like a child. I mean, I, I hate to be too, uh, you know, metaphorical about it, but Pawnee's almost like Leslie's kid, and he like falls in love with her kid as well. And the other thing is, you is that it was the setup was was Chris and Ben were passing through yes yeah so this is the beginning of the arc that that gets to the point where they decide to stay this is the this is the episode where those seeds begin to get planted they were passing through and attempting to ruin the city so, so it's, <laughs> it's, it's it's almost a good it's it's a good writing tool too it's a, a writing instruction which is like okay you want them to change you want their attitudes to change you want their arc to be clear and you know that was part of it so um, you know, we look, we see it in flu season where, where he's impressed by her, you know, we see it in this episode. And so that's kind of a little trick too, is, you know, if you have this long-term goal, how do you pace it out? How do you make it realistic? How do you plant moments that feel real and earned and build them enough so that when it does happen, uh, it feels justified and it feels like you've gone on a journey with them. So that's all kind of the planning that, that Mike did that, that, uh, that, that paid off in the end. Yep. Uh, and let's continue on with the episode. April has been working as Chris's assistant until he goes back to Indianapolis. April's cynical personality clashes with Chris's relentless optimism and happiness. In an attempt to get fired, April purposely neglects to tell Anne that Chris cannot make a lunch date. When Anne arrives to confront Chris, she quickly realizes April's ploy. Anne reveals she's very happy dating Chris and would even move with him to Indianapolis if asked. Andy, who's still trying to win back April's affections, gives Chris an obviously forged letter from the FBI claiming April must immediately return the Parks Department as Ron's assistant. Chris sees through the ruse and tells April she can go back, but explains that remaining his assistant may provide her better career opportunities. He invites her to return with him to Indianapolis, and she seems interested, leaving both Anne and Andy stunned and jealous. So <laughs> I remember yeah. this scene vividly it was one of the i don't know maybe it's because it was still early in my run on the show but i remember it being super difficult to do because if you look at it and i looked at it again today before we came on it's super earnest and it it's there's no comedy in it none and one of the things I loved about playing Chris was he was a joke machine. And usually that's what the character actors get to do. I, I 
I remember this being out really out of character a little bit. And I remember being like, I, don't, I just remember it like, like being like weird for me. And I don't know, I, I couldn't put my finger on why other than it's, it was so earnest and so unadulterated and like fatherly to her and yet, and mentally and knowledge. I, it's weird. I found it. I find that scene to be a weird scene. I, I could be wrong. I could be wrong. That's so interesting because I, I, it didn't bother me. It bumped me when I did it, but I understand where you're coming from playing that character because you get to have jokes in every scene. And that's always the thing in the writer's room where we, in almost every scene, and, and this is a particular example of where there needs to be a lot of story dispensed, right? Like we said, we you know information and, and, and all that stuff. It's, um, it's always a balance. And we talk about, hey, does there need to be a joke to cut the emotion of the scene? Or does, there, does it need to be lightened? And usually that's a discussion back and forth where it's like, how, you know, how joke dense will the scene be? And does it need, yeah, again, does it need a button at the end or some levity? And I, I don't know, for whatever reason, I think in this scene, they're like, no, you know, it works how it is. And the other thing is we are fortunate on this show to be, we, we are fortunate to be blessed with actors who can pull off who can be interesting not doing a joke every line. You know, right. I think that was kind of the gold, which is like, you know, I would trust pretty much every actor on the show to be able to deliver a scene like that. Of course, yourself included, you have a history of, of, of dramatic acting, but, you know, even the primarily comedic actors were able to do that. So, And that's I don't know, what it I, was. I, I, yeah. I think you put, you've put your finger on it in a way that I couldn't. Yeah. It, it felt, at least in that scene, like a scene from another show for me. If Because that, that scene could have been in the West Wing. It could have been, it literally could have been, been Sam Seaborn talking to a new assistant saying, I believe in you. I think you're smart. And I think literally, I mean, <laughs> and then it, it just ends. And then it just ends. Well, I've, I have a question for you in both this scene and, and throughout your career. Do you have any tricks uh, in order to convey emotion uh, and, and, and convey sort of genuine sincerity without, you know, crossing the line into treacle, crossing the line and being overly sentimental? I, I think it's just a matter of being honest. It's like, it's, if you have a point of view, and in this case, in these types of scene, it's sort of emotion based and 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 based in um, you know s sincerity, you just have to be super honest and just just you your whole job is to tell that person how you feel, period, and and be as honest as you possibly can, and no acting involved, like you know don't don't ever get caught acting ever. But in, but but in these if the, in these situations, it's super critical that you just tell them how you feel. I I really like that, and I, you know that's always my taste is is underplaying and letting you know letting the story do the work, letting the character yep. hopefully have has done the heavy lifting. You know, like you know, I think about this is a very very different movie, but I. I watched that movie Drive My Car, the Hamaguchi movie, and it's like it's just it's it's beautiful, and it's you could you couldn't ever pitch that and be like this is going to be emotionally powerful and moving and and entertaining and all these things, and it's it's super underplayed, it's super just you know matter of fact, like you said, you can't see the seams, you can't see people acting, you can't see um, the the hand, the hand of the creative team, the hand of the director, the hand of the writer, the hand of the actor. Like you don't want to see that stuff sometimes, and um, you know that's its own unique genre. But but that's uh, certainly my preference. Yeah, because on the other side of it, in on Lone Star, you know, I'll tell the young actors if they're struggling when we do, for example, rescues. Like the world is going to shit, the plane is crashing, we're losing pressure, or the hell is. You cannot play the stakes. Interesting. If you play, like, like if the plane is crashing, you better not be playing the, the plane is crashing as, as, as a first responder. They've seen it a thousand times. Their job is to be, is to calm you, not to ramp you up. So the mistake I see actors come in is they go, oh, this is a scene where the plane's crashing. So I got to be like, ah, 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 and it's exactly the opposite. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I feel you, man. I feel you. That's good advice. It's good advice. You know, this is a fun aspect of the show. I like that there's an actor and there's a there's a writer right behind the scenes person. That's right. Like, You're getting like, kind of fun. You, like you, you, it starts with you and it ends with me. <laughs> yeah, it's it's good. It's good. Uh, any final thoughts on this episode, Rob? Uh, this is this is a great one. It's a great one. It's another good one. I mean, it's a classic. Uh, I mean, Ron and Tammy too. You know, it's it it just isn't you know, get any more classic than, than that. Anytime a Tammy was even mentioned 
in Parks and Rec. It was a big deal. Yeah, and I, I think it's shout out to Megan too, who was able to come in and just kill. And and we like these opportunities. I think we relish them as a, as a cast and crew to be, as I mentioned, a little bit broader, a little bit push our boundaries and deliver. You know, when, look when you're doing this many episodes of a show, you can't make them all the same. I I actually think obviously you want to maintain an overall tone and consistency. And, and hey, this is the world. This is the vibe you'll get when you watch Parks and Rec. However. I think these episodes provided something very fun, which is you get to see your characters act a little out of character once in a while. And and just like, you know, in everyday life, you and I act out of character very occasionally. That was what these opportunities, this, this is what this these episodes did, which is you got to see Ron Swanson be the opposite of Ron Swanson. And again, just watching Nick and Megan, it's just such a cool thing where that that couple is so talented and they get to sort of play around and have fun and, and, and really improvise on the show as well. Like, you know, a lot of those things, they get to go for it. If, 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 if Tammy were played by an actor that, 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 that Nick didn't know the show would be worse because they wouldn't be doing the bad shit things they do in these episodes. So, so shout out to those guys. Yeah. Whenever, 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 uh, the Offermans and I get together, Megan and I like to fuck with Nick. Talk a lot about about last night, just to wind him up. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty crazy. This is, it's rare that you start a new job and the co- your coworker, your new coworker, has kissed your wife. Uh, yes, exactly. <laughs> it's like a strange moment. Yeah. Um, so that's Ron and Tammy too. Uh, we love the episode. Uh, a couple of oops moments here. Uh, mm, yes. The kimono Ron is wearing is meant specifically for married women. I would say that's maybe more <laughs> of an Easter egg. That's what, you know, maybe, maybe that was intentional. That's not a mistake. That's <laughs> yeah, definitely that's like, not. He gets married, man. He gets, yes. they definitely did that for, for real. Um, oh, this, I really remember, I, I truly remember this because of the angst it caused in the writer's room and, and to Mike specifically. This episode has a major behind the scenes oops moment. Uh, we should talk to Greg Levine, producer Greg, on this, who uh, was the writer's assistant on the show at the time. Um, Greg, can you walk us through, because I remember this, but but walk us through exactly what happened uh, around the time of this episode being released. Yeah, guys, so, you know, every episode of Parks and Rec had special content that was made for NBC.com, and it was written by myself and the other writer's assistant. And one of the features was a wedding registry for Ron and Tammy based on the sequence of them uh, at what I think is Bed Bath & Beyond, adding uh, a bunch of items for their impromptu wedding. Um, now, a few episodes from now, spoiler, uh, Andy and April are going to get married in a major surprise storyline. And when NBC.com ran a commercial for the feature, they called it April and Andy's Wedding Registry. Um, which caused speculation uh, about a future spoiler that wasn't supposed to go out. Um, Damage control, uh, I know, was done emphasizing that the commercial uh, accidentally used the wrong names, that it was actually for Ron and Tammy's registry. Um, After Andy and April eventually marry a couple of episodes later, I know that Mike admitted that the commercial was intended to run with April and Andy's wedding, but due to an error internally with NBC, uh, it ran with Ron and Tammy instead. Um, I actually pulled up uh, something he said, and he said, uh, in an effort to undo the spoiler, we publicly stated in a number of interviews that NBC had just accidentally gotten the character names wrong, and there was no upcoming Andy and April uh, wedding. We sincerely hope that fans of the show are cool with us gently lying to them in an effort to maintain the surprise nuptials as much as we could. Now, if you'll excuse us, we have to go shoot the season finale surprise Jerry Donna wedding scene. Jesus. Uh, yeah, so that, I think, is quite an oops. Uh, and back to oops. Uh, first of all, these, hey, do you guys mind writing some, doing some, just, we're just going to do some extra content. You know, it's like oh, for NBC.com, you know, like you guys should just break off and write it. And it's not like you're writing an actual fucking television show right now. And, you know, maybe the actors can kind of be in it. Like, I don't know, maybe like on the, get out of here. Get out. Get out with all that shit. Oh, man. Can you film a BTS thing? Can you film like a, there was another, like we had a show for Amazon at some point. They're like, do something for X-Ray, which is like extra stuff that's like you click on it and then the actors would do stuff. And it's just like, it's 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 tough. I mean, I understand that that's their job and they have to ask you to do that. But man, it, it is it is a lot of that. And I remember when this happened because you're right that, you know, they would ask you for extra content, extra content, extra content while we were 
shooting and writing the show. By the way, but, they're not, not paying for any of it. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, no, that's, no. Why that's, would you do that? It's no, all for no. free. It, sure. and, and so when that came out and it was like this episode aired and then right after it's like, go to NBC.com for April and Andy's wedding registry. We're like, what? what? April and Andy, that spoiled, you spoiled the fucking show. Like, that is so crazy because it was a random surprise wedding. Like, they had just started dating and they, you know, they get By married the way, a couple it, episodes it, later. It, it proves my number one life ethos. No good deed goes unpunished. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's like ask for this stuff and 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 we'll we'll spoil the show. But that's right, sure. God, and then and then of course you have to force Mike to lie. <laughs> Mike, that's the oh, lie. He hates it. it. And Mike, yeah. Oh, <laughs> he, he literally just wrote a book about uh, moral behavior, and then so he had to lie to cover his tracks. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is it was not a good not a good situation that day. It was it, we couldn't believe it when that aired because we were like, you just spoiled maybe the biggest surprise in the entire series of like a seven year long show. While we're on the subject of network asks, at some point we have to have to do a deep dive on the when we shut down for a day and shot a dance sequence for the network. Oh my God. I think I remember this day. We can do about 10 minutes on this. I, I, so, so I remember this. You know, you know why we were talking about this recently, Rob? I was texting this to a bunch of different friends. It was a Super Bowl commercial. And it was to the tune of this song, Brotherhood of Man. Yes. From, I believe, How to Succeed in Business Without Really Trying. That's right. And they marshaled every NBA, every I, I implore you, search for NBC Super Bowl commercial, Brotherhood of Man. So yes, we did a day on Parks and Rec. We got the entire cast. We shot this long musical steady cam, like, you know, way, way more equipment than the show ever used itself. It was the cast of 30 Rock, the cast of Parks and Rec, the cast of Community, the cast of uh, Law and Order, the cast of SNL, the cast of, you know, everyone from the Today Show, the Tonight Show, Jimmy Fallon, everybody and you watch this thing just just watch it because there's a couple surprises if you don't want to know the surprises push pause now but if you watch it you will see i believe in that you'll see the cast of god i think whitney so you'll see that and you'll see and then at the end trump is also in it because of the apprentice so it's all in this ad and the other crazy thing about this is that day on set i remember the director of it it was a, a guy from new zealand and and uh, that that guy turned out to be Taika Waititi. <laughs> he directed that thing, and and he directed. It was just a Super Bowl ad that he was directing at the time. And there was an article going around about this ad, and we were just sending sending it to our friends. Like, remember being on set that day, and and you know they were promoting this show Smash, which uh, you know I believe had your friend uh, David Foster's wife, I believe, in it. <laughs> yes. Here's when I. I'm trying to name my new Netflix show right now. Yes, yes. And when we're talking about names, I always think about the horrible review. Yes. And I would never name a show Smash, ever. Because the review, the bad review is, the first sentence is, the headline would be Smash, and the first sentence was, it isn't, Yes, exactly. Headline, Smash, Smash isn't. Catherine McPhee starred in Smash. And look, I love everybody and everybody's great. Catherine McPhee is great. NBC's great. Everybody's great. Fact of the matter is, the fact of the matter is, let me just tell you something. I don't know what was more demoralizing, doing this stupid thing or doing it for a show like Smash. I I will also say this. This is now now a lot of shows getting collateral damage in this. But mm. I this was let's not forget that uh, we had already gotten pushed. Parks and Rec got pushed for months and months and months um, because they were very excited about the show Outsourced. Of and course. So we got pushed for outsourced for you know seven months or something, and we aired a half season that year. Um, and uh, but but again, I'll save those thoughts for my outsourced rewatch pod. But it's uh, not that, easy. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it's you know, look, TV is hard. TV is hard. Um, I, I'm glad we did that digression, though. I, I I beg you to watch this video. It's it's crazy. It's really crazy to see. And by it, the especially way, now. people were getting hurt doing it because if you see it. We all had to fight to be in the camera. It's like with the Parks cast is what, seven people, however many people? It's a lot of people, yeah. but it's one frame. And so like somebody would sing a line and then you have to pop your head out of here and somebody would enter and it was like just insane. You're, I think you're singing in it a little bit too, right? Like We're all I, singing I, in it. Yeah. You're singing, like I remember Z, the Offerman's, they're all in it and it's like, yeah, it's, it's, 
It's really wild because you'll see all these stars too. You go, you go to a community and it's it's Donald Glover and Ken Jeong and and John McKay. Like everyone's in it. Like every 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 TV personality is in it. It's and it really always wild. it always begins with the same thing. And by the way, when somebody hits you with the tone of voice, you should know the answer is no. And that tone of voice, say, so we're just eh, no, oh no, no. So it's like so oh, on Wednesday. God. Um, so just, you know, right after we wrap, we're just going to do this little eight hour shoot for smashed. Yuck. Yuck. Yeah. And, and, and it's, I believe there's a, there's a piece in, God, I want to say either New York mag or vanity fair or something about this commercial. And it's, no way. Yes. So I'll, I'll, I'll send it to you, but it's like, you send it to me. It's, it's, it, here it is. It's, I believe it's van. Okay. Here it is. Oh, 2022, February 11th. That's why it's very visceral the headline is nbc's brotherhood of man super bowl commercial will haunt us forever few bits of pop culture ephemera are as captivating or as retrospectively icky as this star-studded 10-year-old musical promo so you can read that it's not my commentary that's vanity fair um but but it's it's okay so i'm not crazy no it's it's shocking again let's not cut this for time but there's we have appearances from Tina Fey, Alec Baldwin, John Krasinski, Mindy Kaling, Amy Poehler, Rob Lowe, Rashida Jones, Donald Glover, Angelica Houston, Mariska Hargitay, Ice-T, Christina Aguilera, Adam Levine, Maya Rudolph, Will Arnett, Christina Applegate, Kristen Wiig, Keenan Thompson, Andy Sattenberg, Bill Hader, Seth Meyers, and Kathy Bates. Squint, you'll see Chris Pratt trying to hide in the Parks and Recreation sequence. Uh, and it, it keeps going. And, and by the way, you see Donald Trump and Matt Lauer in it. You see you see Brian Williams in it. You see Joe Rogan. Oh, wait, no, Jorgen's not in it. It says Jorgen's not in it because he was hosting a revival of Fear Factor. So he was not able to. Anyway, you'll see. It's just really crazy to watch. It's really crazy to watch. Jesus. <laughs> so my PTSD is well earned. But, uh, <laughs> God. I'm glad we did the, that our, our 20. I don't know if any of this will be in the episode. Uh, we'll see. It's <laughs> we'll see so if good. Gets, oh, we'll see if it gets me? in. But but it's it this this is one of my like yeah this is it's one of the most legendary weird bits that you'll ever. Well see. then and then we have to at some point we also have to talk about the day that I came to the set and the uh, spinning chairs from the voice were in the middle oh, of the bullpen. Oh, we, we let's save that for another episode because I think we gone too long in this one. But but I want to talk about the voice chairs like the voice I, chairs. I like, Yes. At Did least you that's or- like a that's like a kid's dream. It's like I want to be in one of those voice chairs. <laughs> I have photos of me in the voice chair. Were you in the one with uh, when Usher came? Was Usher yes! there? Yeah, oh God. With Jesus. Usher. <laughs> Jesus. I just remember him riding up in a motorcycle wearing an all red leather suit or something. But yeah, very funny. All right. Should we, all right. That was, that was a great, ta- great tangent. Great digression. Great tangent. By the way, that's uh, why we come We come to this show. We, this is why just you all go, be scripted, for God's no, sake. This is why you do that. This is that's why right. you do the pod. And you never this know is, when you're going to get it. Like, this is I don't want to do say, like, like, in the little scroll where everybody scrolls down and sees what episode it is. It's like, no, you got to listen to every episode because you don't know what you're going to get on any There's given some, episode. You'll get some weird shit for sure. All right. That's episode right. MVP, most valuable pawn in the end. Which character, which character moment sticks out? Uh, what's no, it's your answer, Tammy. Robbie? It's Tammy. It's Tammy. There it's you Tammy. go. Come on. There you go. Come Rolo, on. Rolo. It's Tammy. And I also will say this. If you wear a kimono and put on cornrows and shave your mustache, you at least get a co-MVP. So shout That's out right. to you, Nick. That's right. <laughs> Pretty amazing. All right. Let's take a trip to the town hall. You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new, and it's streaming now on Hulu. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Do you want to 
Should we do the town hall? Why don't we? Why don't we do it in the prison cell? Oh, that's great—the prison cell that Ron and Tammy are trapped in after they get married and then subsequently arrested. God, by the way, quick mo- mention of the scene where he punches o- out that glass. That's pretty cool when he punches the glass and, yep. and, and breaks the window. Yeah, um, great, great moment. Um, uh, it's a town howl today. Oh uh, yes, from the jail cell uh, from Miley from Oceanside. Here's the town howl. Why don't we play that down, Shelty? Hi, this is Miley calling from Oceanside, California. Uh, My question for you guys would be if you could have any character from Parks and Rec be in any of the shows created by Mike Schur or Greg Daniels, like Space Force, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, Upload, The Good Place, etc. If you could have any character from one of those shows come to Parks and Rec, who would it be? Or which character from Parks and Rec would you like to see in one of those shows? Oh, I, I can tell you, I definitely, I definitely want to see John Ralphio in charge of a spacecraft. <laughs> and and by the way, Schwartz is also in that show, so he could be playing two characters, uh, the Clump style, Eddie Murphy and the Clumps, not even <laughs> Professor Two style. So well, get ready, Ben, to do a double duty in Space Force. Um, that's a great question. Thank you for the question, Miley. By the way, Oceanside, uh, uh, also a fake city that, that we used in the show forever that we did uh, for Amazon with my Rudolph. So um, thank you for, for calling in. Uh, there's, uh, I would say, uh, one thing that I would like to see, I recently uh, you know, have, have sort of become friends with Manny Jacinto, who plays uh, Jason Mendoza on The Good Place. Would love to see him cross over in the Parks universe and have scenes with him and, uh, and Andy Dwyer, because it would be a dumb off, and to see who would be dumber would be very entertaining, and uh, I think they would be really good friends. So <laughs> thank you for the question. By the way, t- shout out to those guys for creating uh, that many great shows. <laughs> There's yeah, a Jesus. lot of options. We didn't even mention The Office. <laughs> we didn't uh, yeah, mention yes. Brooklyn Nine-Nine. We didn't mention, you know, Upload. We didn't mention all these other shows. So uh, shout out to all... Create your own fanfic. These these two guys between their cinematic universes, um, there's uh, there's innumerable answers. Um, great episode, Rob. Uh, you got anything to add? We we good to wrap it up? Oh, I mean, you kidding me? I got my smash stuff off my chest. I, oh my I that God. was better than therapy for me. I love it. I love it. Well, thank you everybody for listening. Uh, subscribe where you get your podcasts. Five star review on Apple, please. It really matters to us. Thanks to Schulte and Greg. And goodbye from Pawnee. Adios. Parks and Recollection is produced by Greg Levine and me, Rob Schulte. Our coordinating producer is Lisa Berm. The podcast is executive produced by Alan Yang for Alan Yang Productions, Rob Lowe for Low Profile, Jeff Ross, Adam Sachs, and Joanna Solitaroff at Team Coco, and Colin Anderson at Stitcher. Gina Batista, Paula Davis, and Britt Kahn are our talent bookers. The theme song is by Mouse Rat, a.k.a. Mark Rivers, with additional tracks composed by John Danik. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time on Parks and Recollection. This has been a Team Coco production in association with Stitcher. Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com.